to, uh, you know. Okay, what was I talking about? You were talking about how the concrete was advanced for the time. Yeah, the so like, um, <clears throat> clearly it lasts a really long fucking time because you go to Italy and Greece and places like that and this shit is still standing. Like, did you know uh, the Parthenon? It's ruins now. It was fully intact until like the 1920s. And then some guy blew it up in a terrorist attack or he burned it down or something. It was fully intact for like 8,000 years. And then now, I know it's only ruins now because somebody blew it up like a hundred years ago. But anyway, that's crazy. The twenties was a hundred years ago, but like, okay. So all it says in all these different Roman recipes is like, oh, you add water and that's how you make your fucking concrete. And they're like, okay, well, we've tried adding water. There is no special ingredient, but we keep getting shitty concrete. Normal, modern day concrete. What were they doing that was different? They were using seawater. They finally figured it out like this year, like a month ago. It's just, they use salt water. Yeah. And of course, they would never write. What, what they if, would never write add salt water. What if the salts in the water erode the concrete? I think, I don't know how exactly what the chemical reaction is, but they're saying that that's like using the salt water is what makes it so, you know, during the setting process is what makes it chemically so resistant to weathering and, and, because normal concrete, for instance, you build a concrete bridge over the ocean and it degrades really fast because the salt water wears it away, wears it down so fast. So for whatever reason, incorporating salt water into the concrete when you... Like most of history, and this is what I personally think, you know, we as human beings always have this drive to know everything. And I always used to, I, I, I always believe that there's just some things that we're not always going to know, and sometimes we just have to be okay with that. Mm-hmm. But exactly. when it comes to history, and when things are long dead and gone, and in the past, and we start unbearing it, that I wonder how much percentage of the history books that we were reading throughout school are skewed. Right. Just, just how, how much of it is, actual, is factual, right. and how much of it is theoretical. Like when they say the victors write the history books. Yes, exactly. Right. It's an interesting concept, and, um, oh, you guys are both very philosophers over here. (laughs) Uh, One of my uh, favorite philosophers is Friedrich Nietzsche. You like Nietzsche? Oh, tell me about him a little bit, will you? Yes, he's what you uh, consider a nihilist, and his, one of my favorite quotes, which really uh, changed my life as I practiced Buddhism for a little bit throughout okay. my life. You I too. never prayed to Buddha or anything, but it, Buddha, Buddhism is more of a way of life yeah. than it is an actual exactly. religion. Exactly, it's peaceful. It's very peaceful. And it falls into that same category with Buddhism, with his philosophy. And the quote is, to live is to suffer, but to survive is to find meaning through suffering. Mm-hmm. And it's something that I have always lived by. Mm-hmm. So, one of my favorite quotes. Yeah, you know, that. um... Oh, thanks. Uh, yeah, you know, okay, for me, um, one of the things I really like about Indian culture is how they're very connected to the earth. Um, me, personally, you know, I do believe in that there's a creator who created everything. Um, I don't necessarily know what I would call myself, necessarily, but um, what I liked about Hinduism are not necessarily the, 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 peop- the, the gods that they have or anything, but necessarily how they take care of the animals, right? They're very, you know, they see the monkeys outside or whatever, and they always make sure there's enough food for them too, and they're not just, like, starving. Like, yeah. for instance, it's a, I love 
the one thing I learned about is when I used to have headaches, I would lay in the sun and I could feel the sun and, and whatever it does to your body or whatever, and I could feel the, the headache just go away. What I liked about Buddhism is, again, it's not like, it's exactly what you just said. Yes. It's a way of life. It's the peacefulness that you gather from, because we have a hard life. The story of Buddha is when there was a fortune foretold on Buddha when he was a, a baby, saying that he's either going to know what he turned out to be, a holy man. And... Buddhist philosophy is when there, we're all connected through suffering, but it's up to us to find, I guess, not the meaning, but to enjoy the good things that come our way while, during the suffering, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, to find love or to find peace within oneself, mm -hmm. and that suffering although painful, can teach us and teach us to love. Exactly. We have such a hard... Our lot, Everyone's life is very in, indensed. And it's how we perceive that that can change the outcome and how we're, our actions meet. Speaking of perceiving, um, because I plan on studying psychology and therapy, yeah. and I've done a lot of uh, under the table research especially with near-death experiences when I was a teenager me too and uh, that was really incredible uh, to, to, to really figure out what happens to the brain and to hear stories I would used to compare and contrast each story and if I find any commonalities uh, would be not actual not factual proof but maybe like a like just a small bit of evidence that maybe we all will experience something similar to that that there is a pattern, and there are some patterns with people having near-death experiences from different stories. But how the what's so amazing, or I should say astounding, about the human mind is that we are the most intelligent creatures, as we know of right now, in the universe and on this planet. But what's so, so ironic about that is we don't understand our own intelligence. <laughs> say that again. <laughs> That's, that's the one thing that, well, I say the one thing, but it is one of the things that, like you were saying, there are some things that, although I wouldn't say that I necessarily subscribe to the philosophy that some things will forever remain a mystery to us, I think that there are things that we don't have the technological or the ontological, which well, is to say we don't, have the, we don't have the mental framework or mode of thinking to understand certain things because we can only perceive it through the filter of who we are, how you were raised, and even when it comes down to can you trust, can you, can I trust that what I am seeing, what I'm hearing and feeling and tasting and smelling is actually what's around me? I have to because that is how we have to inhabit reality and, and, and to, you know, to entertain another idea is to like, uh, for some people, street. yeah, to go down the the path of madness, I guess you could say, because if you can't trust, okay. if you can't trust, you know, what you're... Uh, can I say one? Can I, can I, can I uh, intervene? Um, okay, so when I was younger, right, I was in my teens, <clears throat> this is that I have to say that when I, w the things that I was doing in Hinduism, when I was in my teens, I remember I was experiencing a, um, 
this crisis, if you want to call it that, because I remember I couldn't tell reality from reality anymore. I didn't know if I was dreaming or if I was awake. And I would get to the point where my I was constantly tired because even if I was sleeping, I was still awake. I would have, um, okay, let's, I'm just going to give you an example, right? So I would be sleeping and I would be dreaming, quote unquote, right? Because in my mind, I wasn't dreaming. I was still fucking awake. And I would sit there and I would, I would imagine, um, I would see my apartment. It was a apartment complex. I would have a boyfriend there. I had a job. I was a waitress and, um, I had my friends that lived there. Every time I went to that same place, it was the same environment, same friends, everything. But it always picked up. It wasn't the same insect. It didn't, you know, repeat itself. It just kept going on. And so then I would, I would wake up again. And then I'd be like, I'd be here in this plane. And then I'd be like, have friends, have my own place. I have <laughs> this whole thing again. So I had to realize there was a reality of where am I? What am I doing? And I, you have to realize the, I guess, a difference of, or do you choose? Do you choose what reality you're in, or is it chosen for you? That's the question I have to know. And I think I may have a slight go that way. To, to that question. Um, it's something I've often wondered about when I studied the human brain. Um, I uh, often wonder what we know right now about science. And I'm going to use time as for an example, since time is perception, right? Yes. People say that time is man-made. And if anyone says that, they're a fool. Time, if time was man-made, then why do things get old? Why do things die? Time exists, right? Yes. The only thing that is man-made is the clock. That's to help us calculate the time. Yeah, we, we impose a Here's another thing. Time, but time exists whether we but here's the thing about time is that I've always, the way I believe in is that our time here on Earth is different than time and space. What I've often wondered is what we know about time is factual. It it exists. But what if the human mind is not bound by science? Because, for example, time for me could be going really fast compared to you is probably dragging. Right. And... If that's the case, then is the human brain bound by the laws of science? Now, it's bound by neurons, and yes, you know, the brain is sectioned off to where you need to function on your body. That's scientific, yes. But when we're active, actively thinking, you can think for 30 minutes and an hour has passed. Mm-hmm. So... I guess what I'm just trying to one ask, what I've always wondered, is does, is, does that mean that some that science doesn't always have enough, I, I guess, the power to bind our minds to logic? I, 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 I really like that. That's really cool. I always fall back to, uh, which I don't remember who said it, and I'm probably saying it wrong, but any sufficiently advanced technology will appear to a sufficiently primitive observer to be magic, which is to say, um, if, if you were to take a car, yeah, even, even, uh, 400 years into the past, people would 
some kind of, you know, some kind of god or spirit or ghost or something working with some kind of magical, you know, something beyond human comprehension. Yeah. Because we have the tendency to think that at any given point in time, we have a pretty good grasp of what's going on, and we basically understand most of what there is to be understood, which we have thought since the very beginning, since we knew nothing. As soon as we knew the first thing, we were like, okay, that's it. We got it. We got a grasp on things. Um, so I wouldn't say that we're not necessarily bound by the laws of the universe. It's just that we don't have a full grasp of the laws that govern the reality that we live in yet. So I certain that things, that's, I guess that's why I'm going into as far as saying, you know, there are things that we don't understand. Maybe there really are truly things that we will never ever, you know, that we will never be capable of understanding. But I think that most things are within the scope of, you know, the, the, the potential yeah. of the human mind to one day grasp. You know, we just, we just build upon understanding of those who came before us and, and, you know, continue doing so through the generations. If you know what I mean? Absolutely. And it, it's funny because, uh, you know, we consider the human brain to be the smartest organ, but technically, uh, it's actually the dumbest organ because when it's damaged, all it does is swell. It's like an overcooked muffin in a pan uh -huh. when it's injured, and it's disgusting. Actually, <laughs> so right? incredibly fragile. Yeah, so yeah. incredibly fragile, and that's all it does. It swells. And what I have noticed is our minds can be so powerful, and this is probably obvious to a lot of people. But when you sit there in your own, for example, misery and you constantly dwell on the fact that your life is shitty, mm -hmm. um, it literally becomes that reality. It's, it, that, that, is, that is how powerful our minds are. It actually prevents our bodies from getting up and actually doing well, something about it. you know yes. that, you know, okay, let's, let's take this in as an example, right? Um, so there was a study about a woman, and she thought she was pregnant, right? And through the pregnancy, they kept telling her, I don't think you're pregnant, like, we don't see anything, da 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 She's like, no, I just, I feel it, I just know it, I just know it. And then, she had the whole labor and everything, and she didn't have, she didn't have no child. It was all in her mind that made her get, you know, a huge stomach and get all the cravings and everything. But nothing happened. My mother is a ex-med student at Baylor Meds College, and she didn't finish because she had me. But she told me uh, at a very young age that when the mind is sick, so is the body. And when you suffer from symptoms of stress, some people, older people, will die of a stroke. Yes. Or mm -hmm. a heart attack. When you're depressed, you're constantly tired. Yes. You either eat too much or you don't eat at all. It really and affects your body badly. It does. And people back in the day doctors used to think that that was not true if your mind is sick then your mind is just sick not the body right but people really when doctors started to notice it was actually shell shock from world war one mm -hmm. and if you see how shell shock actually affects not just the mind but it almost deforms the body right like it's it's yes no absolutely it's it's it almost like mutates it they 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 walk funny yeah they get really skinny they, uh, they, it's almost like they change shape just about, maybe not that much, but. No, you are so right about that, you know, cause like, for me, I mean, I know this is like a weird, like, whatever, but when I get really stressed out, I eat popcorn and cheese sticks, and that goes on for weeks, and you know, that's so unhealthy, but that's just something where my mind feels like that's, that's like, oh, okay, this is where I'm getting out with food. So, did you know that 
when, like, let's say you're stressed out, right? You know how there's always those comfort foods? Yeah. Well, the thing is, okay, so you're, we're associated with, you know, having that personality where we just love it. Now, there's always those food comforts like ice cream or popcorn or whatever, whatever the case whatever it is. Yes, has everyone has one. And the reason why is that we, well, let's say we're, ha we're in a happy moment. Okay, we're happy, we're good, and we eat that food. Now we're depressed. Now, our mind is trying to find a way to get that endorphins that dopamine into our brain and so we go oh remember remember that food that you ate why don't you try to eat that food and that will help you feel better you you'll so you'll happy, happy. When you ate it. right now you're are you going to be happy when you eat it no that's why some people fall into drugs and the, you know the thing about addiction which i've experienced heavily firsthand let's go this way on the side of the road i mean oh yeah O'Reilly's. yeah okay go ahead sorry no you're fine uh you know, that I've experienced firsthand really badly. I, I was a major addict for about, for, for pretty much since I was 19 years old. And uh, it, the thing about addiction is, yes, you feel great when you get high, but it's not the high that you it's entirely crave. It's not the memory. It's the, uh, it's what it does to you or how it shows up in your life. I would... When I graduated out of high school, I was very sick with kidney stones. Okay. And for like a solid year, I was in a lot of pain constantly. I All my friends up and left. Um, I just got out of a really bad relationship. I was almost married. And I lost literally everything. I had no social life. I had no job. It was hard to get a job at the time. And I was just sitting in my room playing Xbox. And that was all I could fucking do. And so when I was being prescribed 30 milligram Oxycontin, that drug made me feel great, but it became everything that I had lost. Yeah. And that is where addiction, that's when you become addicted is when you rely on it for the things that you're missing in your life. I was doing acid for a year and a half straight, okay? I was, um... I was known as the hallucinogenic person because I had every hallucinogen you could ever think about, and I would sell it throughout the United States. Now, when I say sell it, I didn't sell it, okay? I gave it for free, but the person obviously, you know, da da da. Um, it was my crutch because I, my life was crushing around me, but as long as I had my acid or mushrooms or DMT or whatever it was, I was good. But then I realized it wasn't getting me nowhere. Yep. And you know, people say that psychedelics are not addictive, but right? What yes, you they just, are. What you just, <laughs> yes. What you just described is exactly what, what Carlos just said was a mental dependency. Yes. You don't have to have a chemical yeah, you don't. If, if it starts acting, if it, if it starts replacing the things that you lost in your life and you're relying on it for that, that's when it becomes an yep. addiction. Yep, and I was. I mean, the thing is, I loved acid because it got me to not think about things. And, you know, it, it was... Um, I didn't have to think about the world for a while because I was tripping so hard. You know, I'd see, you know, elephants and purples, uh, polka dots running running around in the sky, and yeah, you know what I mean. So I, I mean, you know, hey, so I lost my job today. Oh well, at least there's a purple elephant in the sky. Who cares? Well, gives a fuck? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, no, I definitely agree. You know, and I would say that. Do I necessarily think that, you know, um, stimulants are always bad? It can be. It can be bad. Um, but they're sometimes like, I mean, I'm not going to lie. I, I drink here and there. Um, yeah, 
but I don't, I don't let it take, yeah, it take, it's fun, but it doesn't let me, I don't let it take advantage of me either, you know, I mean, I do it enough where it's just chilling. You gotta keep it at arm's length. Yes, you know. Be responsible with it, you know, and there's some people out there that can't, and when you can't is when you gotta stop. Exactly. It's just, if you can't handle the beast, then don't try to ride it. That's all I'm gonna say, and you know what, um, uh, no, 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 it's just, if you, no, uh, I'll tell you something. If you guys could see the Colorado view where we are right now, so you guys think that Denver is high, right? Because of the Mile High Club, blah blah blah. You know, around eight thousand feet. You came over here. We're a lot higher in elevation. We live way in the mountains. And let me tell you something. To see the sun rise and go down, the colors in the skies, the, the, this color that I'm looking at, I mean, I'm probably going to be blind, I don't know, because I am just I can't stop looking at the sun, but why would you keep doing drugs when you can look at this and, and, and remember this in your mind? That's the one thing I don't understand, is like, for me, okay, so pills are my thing, okay? Throughout the years, pills was something that was very hard for me to get over, um, because it's just easy, just... <laughs> Real quick, and yeah. then you're good to go. Exactly. You also have the energy. And, but uh, you know what? You forget everything. You do. Uh, you, bury, you bury it all. You, you become, uh, unfortunately, ignorant to your, that you have neglected in your life, that you lost, and that you neglected it, and you relied on drugs to hide from it. Not only did they grow in size, but they multiplied, and your troubles are twice as worse. Yes. It's twice as bad. And it just completely crashes your world and that's why some people relapse so quickly is they see how much they've neglected and they're like oh shit yeah. i can't handle yeah. this shit this just got worse yeah. i'm fucking out of here I, again I'm yeah. going right back to the ship because it's much easier to hide from it than it is to face it i was always running away from something in my life and it took a lot of time to figure out what that was and when you spend your whole life running from something you miss out on all the places that you ran out of. Exactly. Exactly. You know, what is today's date? Anyone know? The 21st. Okay. The 21st of August, 2020. Jumanji year. <laughs> um, all of you out there, life is rough sometimes. And you may be falling or growing, I'm not sure. I mean, hey, I'm kind of doing both sometimes. <laughs> I, I just want you to know that I do this air to talk about my personal life with my personal friends and talk about ideas that we may have and bring aboard someone who's very cool. Um, would you like to give your real name or do you want to make up a name? Uh, I don't mind. I, I won't give my last name, though. Just no, Clayton. sorry. Clayton. Yep, Clayton. And um, today was a very weird day for me. Um, but you know what? Personally, I believe in the Creator. And He always does everything accordingly to plan when I ask Him to. And you know what? Clayton just came here at the right fucking time. It wasn't my time. It was His time. And... We made some really good outtakes for the show that I'm going to be airing on Netflix very soon. And it was amazing. What did you yeah, think? It was, it was really good. <laughs> I think we nailed that. What do you think? Was it good? Uh -huh. Yeah. 
So, you know, um, things are going really well, you guys, and I hope you guys are having a great day as well. Please stay tuned for more, and remember, you are feeding yourself what you perceive yourself. Laters, Avalonius Improvement, out.